We're with you once again here on a Wednesday afternoon. Sports Talk is the show. Scott Beatty, Lauren Tate are the hosts, and you are our valued listener. We appreciate it so much. We go till 6 o'clock tonight, and then uh, we'll have Illinois Volleyball at 6.45. They're playing Eastern Illinois. That's the first time those teams are matching up since 2005. Prep Football Confidential will be on our sister station, Light Rock 97.5 at 6 p.m. So head over there if you want to catch that. Another sunny day, another sunny Lauren Tate. Good to see you, sir. Uh, good to be here. Yeah, that's right. What's on your mind here? Oh, I don't know. I, I just kind of got an idle, idle week, uh, you know, a week off for the Illini football. I'm just get, trying to... Analyze a couple of things, and one of the things that I, I that's kind of creeping up, and I think it's creeping up on everybody is Michigan. Michigan uh, has kind of been overlooked in in the Big Ten for a number of years here because Ohio State's been dominant. They did beat Ohio State last year. They are rolling again. They're number four in the country. Did you ma- can you imagine? That's awful high. Now they haven't played anybody, uh, but this is a year. This is a season in which Illinois must play Michigan. I think it's interesting uh, what uh, the change. Just think how close Harbaugh was to being in oblivion. I mean, he almost lost to Nebraska last year. They won that game 32-29. It went right down to the wire. And uh, Nebraska had the lead and and lost the game. He had several games like that that were really close. He lost to Michigan State. They weren't great until the final game of the year. And of course, then they lost to Georgia after they after they beat Ohio State. But I think the the thing that that, that that's how close that's how close he was to being, you know, basically people up there just ready to get rid of him because he couldn't beat Ohio State. Now he has. Has he found his quarterback? Looks like J.J. McCarthy is going to be the guy, huh? Yep. No longer Cade McNamara. Yeah. Seems like. And, and Cade McNamara is the guy that saved him last year. What have you done for me lately, son? <laughs> What we, you know, Harbaugh said, I've got two good quarterbacks. I've got two yeah. championship quarterbacks. But McCarthy uh, was, uh, rather, McNamara was was highly regarded. And now J.J. Uh, McCarthy has taken him over. Well, based on one game. I mean, he gave him each a start. And they played Hawaii. It was a really tough game. But they got through it. Didn't they? they were a 51 and a half point favorite. And they managed to squeeze it out. And McCarthy was near perfect as a result. Therefore, he's won the job, at least for the time being. So what does that mean for Cade McNamara? Let's say Cade McNamara never is the starter. Well. What is he going to do? Well, he's going to transfer to Illinois next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I'll take that back. Somebody will say, Lauren said that he's going to transfer. No, I, I don't know what's going to happen up there. They've got two great quarterbacks, and, and uh, that's, the, uh, that's the benefit of being a, a school that recruits nationally and successfully. Look at this from Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports. Over the last 20 years, not not just the recent few years where the transfer windows are waived, over the last 20 years, according to Dennis Dodd, CBS Sports, nearly half of all top five quarterback prospects have transferred at least once. 
20 years. That's what he says. And that's about what it was. It was a 48% they announced. I think they wound up with actually 39% of the starters this year in in the power. I, I don't know if it's power five or the or I, I might have been the, the full 131 schools. For, uh, 39% of the starters were transfers at quarterback. Among the 46 of 100 transferred at least once in the last 20 years, uh, top five according to 247 Sports, seven transferred multiple times, and the reasons um, are are obvious to obtuse, he says. Playing time, changing positions, mm-hmm. even changing sports, call it what you want, impatience, entitlement, free will, or free agency. The numbers show the process was well established before the transfer portal debuted in October of 2018. Um and the one-time transfer exemption didn't, of course, come till last year. It leads me to believe, wonder almost if the uh, transfer waiver came about specifically for quarterbacks <laughs> because coaches knew, I'm toast if I don't get one. Guess who's going to be looking for a transfer quarterback after this season? University of Illinois. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, I, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I know. Not to write off who's in the pipeline. That's right. That's not to write them off. But we haven't be, seen them. But you don't know who's going to be out there. There might be somebody really good. There might be one of those quarterbacks from Michigan out there. Mm-hmm. Not that he'd want to come to Illinois, but we've never had a Michigan player come to Illinois, have we, since Peters? <laughs> <laughs> we sent one there from from Illinois, Jeff George Jr., right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'd forgotten that, yes. And, and, and his father came here from Purdue. Purdue, yeah, yeah. Uh, so go go figure, but I I would be I would it's what is called a scramble. Yeah, everybody's scrambling for a position. Everybody wants to play and play at the best possible level that they can play. Well, it goes to my I think my theory in in NFL may apply here. My theory in the NFL is two thirds of front offices and fan bases wish they had a different quarterback mm-hmm. and are jealous of one third of the teams in the NFL because there's. There's just only so many guys who can do it. And you know what? That that brings me here uh, to what Barry Lunny Jr. has said about the Etsy Illini offensive coordinator, about Tommy DeVito, who is Illinois' quarterback this year, and the job he did against Virginia. Remember, first play of the game, he threw a pick. Here's Barry Lunny Jr., offensive coordinator on Tommy DeVito. He's probably been to, to some degree a microcosm of, of kind of us offensively. I mean, there's been moments where he's played really well and uh, made some really nice throws and aggressive throws and taking care of the ball. And then there's been moments where, you know, that that hasn't necessarily been true. That's the life of a quarterback. I mean, when you when you're playing in this system uh, or any system pretty much anymore, uh, you know, every every play is a decision. So you're going to be wrong some. And uh, one thing that's not altered is is the first three weeks are not wavered with him is his competitive spirit. I think his uh, belief in himself and, and the guys that believe in him uh, around our offense believes in him. And I think that's merited. I think he's earned that. And so uh, I I think Tommy's played pretty well, uh, to be honest with you. I thought the other day after that's hard on a quarterback the other day, you know, you start the game with an interception and then your next throw is backed up. And then your next throw is a third down backed up you know, where the ball's in, you know, in, in a critical area. And I think it set, a, set volumes about him the other day. I was super impressed with that that little series. It was kind of an unspoken deal because nothing came out of it. You know, he 
threw a pick, and then the first next time we get the ball, we're back on our I think amount of seven yard line or something like that, seven or eight. I can't remember. We threw a sprint out and threw it, had a chance to catch the ball. Then we threw it, he threw a third down uh, completion to Isaiah that was just like a very definitive long um, row, threw it right where our guy could catch it, nobody else. And I and I thought, man, that was, you know, I even told him that. I was like, dude, that was that was good. Like that was that was like tough. That takes some grit and to be able to do that. And uh, he he bounced back from that. And then he, he, you know, during the middle of the game, really, to be honest with you, the rest of the game, other than a decision or two, I thought he played really well. And so I like where Tommy's at. You know, his letter grade would probably be harder on him than what my letter grade would be for him. And so the good news is the report card is going to be at the end of the year. And but as we are right now, the progress report is I like where he's at. And we're going to continue to uh, develop and put our faith and trust in him. And I think he's just going to continue to get better and better and uh, and play at a higher and higher level because I, I like where he's trending. Not perfect. Some things to clean up for sure, uh, just like the rest of our team. But I like the way he's competing and playing right now. All right. Uh, I do agree that the kid could have folded and he didn't. Well, I, you're not going to fold on one throw, I don't think. I mean, he's been around too long to, to let that happen. But let's talk, here's the thing about Lunny. He came in, and I, I was thinking there's three things I really wanted to see. One, establish a good running game with Chase Brown. He's done that. Get the ball to the tight ends for a change. Seven catches last, last Saturday, huh, by the tight ends. That's pretty good. And get the ball to Williams in space. Mm-hmm. He's done that some, too. So he's really accomplished offensively pretty much what he wanted to do with what I would describe as a rebuilt line, offensive line. Speaking of offensive line, one of those linemen, Alex Palcheski, who's uh, been around Illinois football now almost as long as you have, Lauren, is going to join us here on the program in a few minutes, so we'll catch up with him. Get an, got an opportunity here with the Idle Week. Shout out Bob Osmussen. Not a bye week, but an idle week or an open week uh, that the players uh, have a little bit of extra time, and Alex is willing to jump on with us, so he'll join us on the line here in a few minutes. But, yeah, I mean, the offense was not supposed to become um, an air raid attack all of a sudden. It was to do those things that you just mentioned, run the football. And Chase Brown is looking a bit like a first-team All-Big Ten back. And a future pro. Yeah, he is. It's awful early. We've got a long way to go. But when you're average, he's leading the nation in yards per, uh, per game. What's that, 165? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's an awfully good start on the season. There's By the only... way, did you know that out of his 496 yards, I'm going to get this wrong, 390, all but 100, roughly, were in the first half. Yep. He has very few yards in the second half. He's had... Nearly 100 yards in the three games total. So he's averaging about 33 yards uh, a game in the second half. Just need 30 minutes, boys. I'll get you what you need. <laughs> well, he, part of it's been kind of they wear him down, and he's carried an awful lot. And he is their primary ball carrier. There's no question about that. I, I like what I saw of Love last week, though more so than I've ever seen of him. Do you uh, did you catch the note about Chase Brown? There's only been two other Illini running backs who mm-hmm. had more than 100 yards in their first three games. And I missed the first one. I was in the Army, <laughs> J.C. Caroline. 1953, he did yep. that. Yeah, that's right, when I went into the service. And then Mikel LaShore, who did it mm-hmm. in 2010. I yeah. saw that one. 
and then gained another <laughs> thousand against Northwestern. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Up at Wrigley Field, running one way. So Palcho, as he's known, Alex Palcheski will join us in just a minute, and we'll carry on here on Sports Talk next hour. We'll talk some Cardinals, Cardinal baseball for you, Lauren, with Joe Pot, part of the radio crew there for uh, KMOX and the Cardinals coverage. So he'll join us, and Joey Wright will check in on our preps coverage. Stay with us. You've got Sports Talk, News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM. Scott Beatty, Lauren Tate with you. Alex Palcheski is a veteran offensive lineman for Illinois football, and he is good enough to join us here as they are in an off week in terms of games. They'll play again a week from tomorrow night against Chattanooga and Memorial Stadium. Alex Palcheski on the line. Good to have you, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Got a question. Uh, after the victory on Saturday night, what's your go-to post-game meal? Does it change based on the result of the game? Uh, that's a that's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it usually change it up a little bit, but one thing, as an offensive lineman, you know, I, I just like to have some wings after the game. So a nice wing stop order usually uh, usually happens after games. No matter win nor loss. Usually that's that's only after wins. It's gotta be special. Yeah, then you then you have sort of something um, in, to entice you to 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 motivate you extra towards that win, right? So yeah. <laughs> well, hey man, uh, how are you feeling about uh, two and one? I know three and zero oh is better, uh, but but the response of particularly on the offensive side, the response you guys had against Virginia, how did you feel about it? I mean, you know, I mean it's, it was. It's a good response we had, but the biggest thing, I mean, it's just doing our jobs, you know, having four turnovers. That's just something that we can't have. And, you know, that's the one thing we have to keep on focusing on is just doing our job to the best of our ability because that's something that we just didn't end up doing enough of on Saturday. And while it was enough to end up having the victory, we have to tighten up those things in the future. For sure. What about the growth that you and the offensive line had from the Indiana game to the Virginia game? I mean, I think there's a lot of growth, you know, like after like watching the film and, you know, we realized like we can be an extremely good unit. We just have to, you know, kind of like, I'm going to say it a lot, but just we have to do our jobs, you know, like, and that's blocking well, blocking clean and just blocking through the whistle and just imposing our will every single play against our opponent. Alex Palcheski, Illini offensive lineman with us here on Sports Talk. Well, Alex, this is Lauren. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the Indiana game just briefly. There were some missed assignments in that. Was that was, uh, was that the result of crowd noise or any of the night game? Did, it, did, the, did the situation there make it uh, lead to that, or, or am I uh, off base in, in saying that there were missed calls? I mean, obviously, yeah, there, there were some missed calls. I'm not, I'm not sure it's so much with the uh, – with the opponent, obviously there's going to be a little bit of that when it's such a, a loud uh, stadium. But the biggest thing is just always having good communication with ourselves and just knowing what we're doing so that we're all on the same page. Now, knowing who the right guy is to block, I mean, that's always got to be a little bit of a trick because they're going to try to move around on the other side. And I, get, I was told that Allen did a lot of that at, at Indiana. And does would that be accurate? Do they move around more than the other two teams that you played? Uh, they moved around a little bit, but I mean, the biggest thing, like I said, is especially on an offensive line with a defense that always likes to move, the biggest thing is just being able to communicate and just kind of working as one. You know, it's such a 
diverse position. You have to have five guys that are all on the same page, and if one guy isn't, that's when you end up having critical mistakes. But it's always just having over-communication, knowing what you're doing, and just doing your job. Uh, with with a week off, do you get a little more? Uh, this is a dangerous question, I know, to, to to look away from Chattanooga at all to to uh, consider Wisconsin. Or are you so familiar with Wisconsin, you know what to expect already? <laughs> I mean, I kind of had, I mean, I've been here six years, so I have a decent idea. But you know, it's always they always do different things from year to year, and it's always looking at different type of personnel. Yeah. Uh, and there's, I mean, the biggest thing that we always have is kind of having a one and no mentality. Like it's very easy to look forward in the, in the season, but just knowing, I was here for bye week now, but every single week, no matter what happens the week before, we're zero and zero starting that week, and we want to end up being one and zero. So just focusing on the next opponent that we have and doing the best possible job to prepare for that opponent. So I assume, Alex, that means uh, when Wisconsin loses this week and and an Iowa loss this past week, that you pay no attention to that and. Uh, and it doesn't create in your mind a sense that maybe this Big Ten West is even more there for the taking? I mean, that's, that's something that I will say I did. Uh, when, when everyone told me about all the upsets, especially in the Big Ten West this weekend, you know, like, that was definitely eye-opening. But the biggest thing that we're worried about is just doing our job because we know that we can be dangerous. If, we, if we're just able to execute to the fullest extent of our capabilities, it's going to be fun to see. We're talking with Alex Palczewski. He is Illini offensive lineman, right tackle. Um, you talked about the communication. Is there something that cannot uh, mimic what time and three games under your belt does for you as an offensive line? I mean, it's always I – said, I mean, now we're three games in, so we can't, we're kind of getting a good idea of how we are, like playing next to each other. Like I get to play next to Zai, and everyone gets to play next to their uh, – respective people but i mean we're kind of getting used to each other knowing how we play and it's just really making us feel that much more comfortable with each other and know how to execute being this your sixth year now uh you, you know you've, you've experienced some peaks and, and valleys here how do you characterize the team maybe it's just maybe it's just uh you, you know or i guess how much do you get a sense of what this team is as a whole as opposed to just kind of staying within your group in the offensive line uh, do, you, do you get a sense of maybe how this team's character is or its personality? Yeah, I mean, the one thing, like, this has probably been my favorite team. I mean, I've been here for more than half a decade. But this has probably <laughs> been one of my favorite teams. You know, like, obviously just the relationships that I have. But, I mean, truly, like, it's one of the most talented teams I've been on. But just besides talent, just how hard everyone works, you know, like, the wide receiver group that we have is crazy. Just the work ethic that they have every single day, you know, I see them there. But everybody on the team is truly just trying to get better, you know. And that was one thing that was really eye-opening to me throughout all of spring, all of summer, all of training camp was just guys were just not being complacent with where they were, and they were always trying to get better and working on their craft. And it wasn't just like normal stuff. Is guys coming in extra, guys doing stuff extra after practice, and truly – working on their craft and that's the one thing that's been the best about this team is because i know no matter how talented we are or whatever the way that we work is ex i'm extremely proud of everyone for that alex have you gotten this far without uh, any um, major bumps or bruises are you three games in and it looks like the, the the line is intact again yeah i know i mean knock on wood you know like we, we've stayed relatively healthy and that's the one thing that's 
nice about having this bye week. And another thing that was nice about having the week zero game is that we get two bye weeks throughout the year. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously we're going to take advantage and get our kind of bodies underneath us this week. But then, uh, then we have another four games and we'll have a bye week after that. So, I mean, it'll be, it's really nice to have two bye weeks just to be able to kind of take a little bit and just get our bodies underneath us. Yeah, I, I think you mentioned going into the season that this is, that you felt a lot better going in this year than you did going in last year. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I feel personally, I feel so much better. You know, like last year, obviously, I had a knee surgery. I had a, a foot surgery, a Liz Frank surgery. And I mean, it was extremely tough going into the last season, but being able to come back here and have a true full off season for the first time in two years was un- unbelievable for what, I, for what it was able to do for me. You just mentioned the Liz Frank. I, I have not had not heard of that until this year. Maybe that reveals my ignorance, but it seems to be a phrase or a term uh, that you know. And this is that's in your foot, right? Um, you know, I know yeah. your former teammate Doug Kramer is 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 gone through that. Um, is it something you knew about when you started your time as a college athlete? No, I didn't know about it. You know, so I mean, I didn't know about it until I found out about it. But I mean, it's just like one of the small things that. I mean, it was tough to come back because it really just kind of delayed everything else. But, I mean, having having a year year out it feels a lot better now. Yeah, sure. So, but I just don't know if it's something that uh, – is it like what Tommy John is to uh, pitchers? Maybe not that common, but, you know, just um, something that, that is in the language of linemen now? I don't know. You know, like when I heard that – because, you know, Doug had it, obviously um, – I'm pretty sure they, 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 that's what they said. Yeah, it's kind of it's not a more common injury. Like I, I was kind of taken away that he had. I mean, it's it's a very awkward injury. You know, like I haven't heard a lot of people have it. I mean, I know like Travis Etienne, like Cam Newton was a big one that I know had it a few years ago. But I mean, it's not that common of an injury. It's just it's kind of like a freak thing that when it happens. A few more minutes here with Alex Palchewski. Well, Paco, I remember a year ago uh, before the season, I asked you. Uh, who you thought made the most improvement during the course of the summer? Do you remember your answer? A Let year me be honest, I, Chase I, Brown. Uh, you, you you said that Chase Brown had made the biggest strides before last season uh, in the summer workouts. He hadn't yeah. done badly since then, has he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'd say he's done all right so far. <laughs> is it is it is it any different when you when he's in the backfield as opposed to anybody else? You still have to block the same, don't you? I mean, it's all it's it's always we have to block the same. But I mean, it's just knowing that I mean he, he's an extremely special running back. But the thing is, like all the running backs we have are extremely special. You know, Josh McCray, uh, Reggie Love, Chase Hedden, they're all very special. But I mean, the biggest thing about Chase and all of them, especially, is just how humble they are and how how like how how much they they just lo- love the offensive line. Like you know, we have such a close relationship with all of them that it makes it extremely easy to put to be able to block for them because we just want to because we know that if we give them just a second of opportunity, they're going to be able to take advantage out of, out, out of it and show what they show on these last three Saturdays. Okay, one last warning for, for uh, a week from tomorrow. A warning. Uh, last year, Chattanooga played Kentucky. Kentucky's number, number nine in the country, by the way, right now. Do you know that score was 28 to 23? Whew. Kentucky won. Yeah. But Chattanooga gave him a heck of a ball game, so they're capable. And then I, I have heard their team to see Marshall, 
uh, Brandon Marshall, yeah, <laughs> or Terrell Owens. Has well, been. let's see. I, I was going to try to list Appalachian State. Uh, I'm trying to list the upset teams, and I can't think of them right oh, now. Yeah, but yeah. Oh, you know, oh, I, I, oh, I see what you're saying. I I'm just saying that players. upsets were just crazy this last week. I don't know if Washington State over Wisconsin would be a huge upset. I mean, at least they're both Power 5 schools. But, boy, there was a Notre Dame and, and uh, Texas A&M, and, boy, there were some teams that took a hit. And, and Iowa lost to Iowa State, too. Sounds like, the, it, it, Palcho, it's never take anybody for granted. <laughs> Exactly. You know, like, this is the one thing I was, I've been watching them a little bit. We got a little more time to prepare for them. But, I mean, just on the defensive front, you know, they're extremely they're an extremely good front, extremely experienced front. This is obviously one thing that we, can, we can't just look past them. And so I'm really excited to go up against them next Thursday. All right, Palcho, I'll let you go on this. Uh, since we started the interview about food, uh, I want to finish it. Um, growing up, uh, your parents are immigrants, right? Of course, yes. Yeah. So, is there something um, that you don't get here that you only get at home? Uh, you know, Ooh. in other words, maybe it's mom's cooking or somebody's in your family's cooking. You know, and and what is it that when you get home is your go-to? There's so much stuff. So the one thing that since day one, I vividly remember moving in here in 2017, is that there's no Polish delis anywhere around Champagne. <laughs> it's like a true Polish deli. So you know. I think the biggest thing that I miss is just, you know, just Polish cuisine, but just like kielbasa and different types of like Polish deli meats and Polish breads. And I'd probably say the biggest thing is ponchki. They're like these little Polish donuts. Mm-hmm. And just having any around here. <laughs> I know you can get them up in, in in Chicago, and they are amazing. They are amazing. The, delicious. Oh, my. There's this place. Uh, in Chicago, it's called Old Warsaw Donuts, the the best you'll ever have in your life. All right, my friend. Well, uh, eat up and, and and enjoy, and maybe uh, you know a couple more victories here. You should get some ponchkis for yourself. Exactly. Appreciate you having me, Scott and Lawrence. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks much, Alex Palcheski, Illini uh, right tackle, and he's in his sixth season. <laughs> I wonder with the relatively new offensive line if it's like come on guys get it together you know no i'm just kidding i mean it just takes some time if you just threw if you throw a bunch of guys together that can play well you had a guy at center named kramer who for five years was calling the plays calling every play calling the blocking assignments and boy did they miss a blocking assignment on that fourth and one everybody's complaining about that fourth and one but they just plain overlooked the defensive tackle it just uh, it's it's one of that's one of those games the what if on about a dozen mm-hmm. different things but yeah. um, it'll probably be looking back as a oh, if we had just you know we'll see but I don't know I, I this Chattanooga thing I think it's right not to overlook them like oh, you said well, you got to play the game I mean you, yeah. you, too many upsets last week yep I mean I just mentioned the you've Kentucky, been put on alert the Kentucky game a year ago Kentucky had a good season yeah and they it was a twenty eight twenty three ball game. That sounds scary to me. We will come back with more sports talk if that's not too scary for you. Hour one of sports talk continues next hour. Joe Pot on the Cardinals. Joey Wright gets us ready for some preps coverage. It's Illinois Volleyball at 645. They're taking on EIU. And then they are... uh, up in Milwaukee on Saturday for a pair of games. By the way, Lauren, you and I will be together on Saturday morning. Steve taking a 
bye week, idle week off, mm-hmm. and we'll be together for an hour. Yeah, is it as fun as it is during the week? Oh yeah, sure. I think I think we've done it it's once together. Game day, that's what makes it more exciting. Yeah, know, but it's not game day this Saturday. Nope. Well, but we'll only do an hour because of volleyball at yep. ten a.m. Mm-hmm. But half the time, twice the fun. That's what <laughs> well, I'll aim for. So just. Don't be alarmed if you hear me on Saturday morning with Lauren. Um, Okay, SEC, Lauren has directed Georgia and Tennessee to postpone their college football series. postpone, cancel. Okay, I'm reading the headline. (laughs) Uh, Two high-profile non-conference series have been scuttled because of impending departures of Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. The SEC today has announced that it has, quote, directed Georgia and Tennessee to, quote, postpone scheduled games with Oklahoma because the Sooners are on their way to the SEC. Uh, You know, they they both had return games as well as the the games that were immediate. Uh, So they would be, I mean, they'd they'd be in the conference. Oklahoma would be in the conference, so they didn't want to be playing conference members, non-conference games. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Ball State's going to be one of the replacements. You see that? Oh, boy. <laughs> no disrespect to Ball State, but not exactly a barn burner, right? But then again, we just saw what happened Those this weekend. Those would be weekend. big games, though. They would be in Georgia and Tennessee. Think about that. And yeah. Oklahoma. Yep. And those are massive payout games, too. I just wonder how that money's going to be distributed. And then they're also, uh, they've been meeting today on this new governance structure. Um, and I'm seeing quotes come across on on Twitter from the various national football uh, writers that, uh, you know, I guess they're trying to figure out what this new governance structure might look like. Lead one, President Tom McMillan says the preference for FBS governance is to keep it within the NCAA structure and get it more streamlined and less bureaucratic. But if not, FBS will quote, look elsewhere. That from Matt Fortuna. Nicole Auerbach reiterating what Gene Smith from Ohio State said. Should there be a model underneath the NCAA umbrella that is different division that's FBS oriented, oriented, that would be fine. I'm supportive of that model, too. So I guess they're not necessarily done with the NCAA, but that would be a big move if they try to make it. Yeah, they just want they basically want to be able to do things their way, even if they're under the model of the NCAA. And I agree. I mean, it's just such it's such a unique mm-hmm. beast. There's nothing like college football on the planet. Yep. The, 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 and, this, and they pay this for quasi. All the, they pay for all the other sports. This quasi amateur, quasi um, professional sort of status of these players, and it's really a minor league for the NFL. I heard something today that was interesting about the Nebraska situation. Okay. Why would why would you not be able to attract a coach from the Big Twelve when the money is going to be so much greater at Nebraska than any Big Twelve school? Which raises the question of Matt Campbell at mm-hmm. Iowa State. Is he is is it smart for him to stay at at uh, Iowa State, when the Big 12 is clearly, once Texas and and Oklahoma are out, is it smart to try to build a program there when you aren't going to have the resources that the other schools have? Well, my question is, 
do you see a how much do you want the money and how much do you want to win? Okay. And is there a path to winning? Because all the stuff I keep saying is, well, Nebraska's recruiting footprint isn't what it used to be and you know regionally you know first of all Nebraska is not that populous of a state it's um, not that populous of a state but it's got 80 to 90,000 people sitting in the stands every week who are giving their whole day to the game of football and will help in the NIL that the yes. NIL is going to determine who gets the players that's a fair point but why do people keep because is that the reason that Ohio State's going to keep winning, <laughs> that, that Michigan's going to keep winning, well, because they have the pipeline of recruits, and they're just going to keep them because they'll keep the money coming? Oh, yes. Well, well particularly Ohio State. Well, Michigan, they're, they're gonna, their NIL will top. Whatever anybody else does NIL-wise, they'll find out and they'll top it. Mm-hmm. More businesses. I mean, Columbus, Ohio is a hotbed of business. It's the biggest city in the state. Yes, it is. Biggest city and no pro football and no pro basketball. If you say so. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you count Ohio State. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Right. Okay. No, I mean they. It's and that's a. There's a reason why they haven't had pro sports there beyond the the NHL franchise. Because the leaders of the city decided they wanted to dominate at the college level. They could have a pro team there tomorrow if they wanted to. They don't want to. They like it the way it is. Yeah. They like whooping up on us. Who do you think would take that Nebraska job? Well, I don't know. I so, I've seen so many names, but, I mean, uh, I, I just see those Big 12 names, and I think, you know, Leopold at Kansas, he's, he hadn't been there long enough to leave, maybe, but Campbell's been there long enough, and, and he's doing a terrific job. Just beat, he just beat Iowa. But uh, I, I just think that the, the Big 12 is, is – You've got the four schools coming into the Big 12 that they don't add that much to it, I don't think. No. And now you've got the, the powerhouses leaving. Their, their numbers are going to be reduced while everybody else not, – not, while the Big 10 and SEC are going to make more money, the Big 12 is going to make less money because they don't have the two draws, Ohio and – I'm sorry, Oklahoma and Texas. Come back and make our transition into the next hour here on Sports Talk. I'm fine if we just listen to some music until the top of the hour. Okay with me. <laughs> Did you have a good time last night? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's a good time in Philo. I have never heard. Have you ever heard somebody say I had a bad time in Philo? <laughs> the pavilion was packed. Robin Lee brings them in. Cardinals tonight against Milwaukee. It's and a sweep for Milwaukee if they win. Two-game series. Who ever heard of that? Wayno and Yachty will set the record tonight mm-hmm. for most games uh, started as a battery. I believe the next most, at least among active pairs, is Wilson Contreras and Kyle Hendricks in the Cubs. I mean, it's not even close. I think oh, they have no. somewhere around 100 Yeah, between these By two the guys. Way, I hear Hendricks coming back next year, as, and they expect him to be strong. I mean, they well, really he's had miss, a lot of rest. They miss him this year. Oh, yeah. But there are some um, pieces there for the Cubs, to me, that says if they go get 
some good free agent pieces. Need a shortstop. Do you? Yeah. Nico Horner is no, no, second base for him. He he's a great second baseman, don't you think? Well, he has shown just this year. He has shown yeah. some numbers that are comparable to some what are the, okay. some of the other. Okay. I get he doesn't have the history of. Uh, well, Edmund, uh, they move Edmund. Edmund could have been this uh, could have gotten a Gold Glove at second base. He was playing so well. Not that he you know, Wong's a good one too. There are other, other good second basemen. But when you move into shortstop, you're not going to get any awards for that. Yeah. Cubs are in uh, New York tonight. That starts just after six o'clock, and the White Sox just lost three nothing to Colorado. So that drops them four games behind, and we're getting we're moving pretty strong through September here, aren't we? WDWS Champaign Urbana. This is CBS News on the Hour, sponsored by Eggland's Best. I'm Alice.